Got a big kick out of shooting that dog, didn't it? Yeah, it's kind of fun. Hello and welcome to the first episode of These Old Dogs, a brand new podcast I'm starting up and the title is short for This Old House, These Old Dogs, These Old Guns and what you just heard was Code 13's Dog Killer uh, and that Code 13 destroy Felix Havoc of Havoc Records, uh, the embodiment of the gun punk dog ridiculousness of the, the kind of crust anarchist world that um, I felt was really like the baseline for my experience of a lot of things uh, and the baseline kind of for this podcast all there uh, and in its ridiculousness and in its degrees of earnestness and everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to acknowledge that we are on where I am on occupied Lenny Lenape and Susquehannock lands. Uh, my name is Kevin Tucker. I am a primal anarchist writer editor, publisher. I've run Black and Green Press since 2000, which is the largest anti-civ publishing publishing house, to make it sound fancy, um, publishing punk house. And I've written three books. Uh, the newest one is called Cole Personality. The last one is called Gathered Remains. And then the one before that is For Wildness and Anarchy, which has had two editions. The second edition came out, uh, I guess, 2019. Um, I have another podcast that I co-host with my wife, the amazing and awesome Natasha Tucker, uh, and that podcast is called Primal Anarchy Podcast. So I've done a lot of, I've also edited journals like Species Trader in the early 2000s, and um, I was a huge part of Green Anarchy Magazine, and also Black and Green Review, which became Wild Resistance Journal. Um, I don't know, I've done a lot of shit. I've been around for quite a while. Really, the basis of what this podcast is, is me being a grumpy curmudgeon who is not really that old. I'm 41, uh, but I've been in this stuff since like 92, 93. I got into anarchism and punk at the same time. Crass was really the impetus, like, like Crass and Emma Goldman. It felt like those two things, those records and the Crass records and Emma Goldman's books came to me at like the same time and already had like experience with some of the other punk, but like as far as anarcho punk, there's that. Um, so I've had a lot of different experiences and I kind of had a lot of different relationships to both punk and to anarchism. This is really my take on noticing and talking to a lot of people that I am the grumpy old man and, uh, you know, kind of the get off my lawn of my punk house kind of point in time. And I just seem to have a lot to say and a lot of experience uh, of the 90s and 2000 scenes, which seems, I don't know if I want to say always relevant. Uh, 
but uh, entertaining to certain degrees. Um, grumpy, whatever. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I put it. Anytime I say this kind of stuff, or anytime I kind of bring this stuff up, uh, there seems to be interest in it, for better or for worse. So I'm going to use this podcast as a chance to kind of respond to different things and different uh, tell stories. And basically, if you've got questions or anything like that, you can hit me up, uh, Fairledge, F-E-R-A-L-E-D-G-E, at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter at Gathered Remains. So that's at Gathered Remains. And I almost always just post straight up like commentary on civilization and on colonialism. So I've got a lot of outlets for that stuff. Obviously, informs and, and bleeds into everything I'm going to be talking about on here. But uh, this is really just me being a salty shit talker, um, curmudgeon, gathering the kids around the fire, yawn from the porch. So that's what this is. And if you've got things that you want me to be yelling about or talking about, I'll do that. But I'm also going to put some music on here, which I don't do on the other podcast. Uh, and I'm also kind of excited about that. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the first thing that people ask me about. Coincidentally, uh, a number of different people. And let's talk about dystopia. I thought to myself, join the army. It's free. Proud of your son! 
familiar that was jarhead fertilizer which uh, it's always kind of hard to pick a favorite dystopia song especially because dystopia's got their more like sludge times or more grindy times um you know i kind of go back and forth between human equals garbage and aftermath and of course all the different records um that originally came off the split lp with skaven uh it's also on the aftermath cd when it came out which was not a bunch of other stuff on it but then uh tank crimes has put out the uh discography kind of editions of uh human equals garbage and the after and the aftermath which have you know all the splits and stuff like that that were rounded that's kind of how they released the cds on life is abuse back at the end of the 90s and then tank crimes is doing that now and it's also really awesome of them to do that so that's on the aftermath double lp currently uh but yeah that's the song i'm choosing because that's one of the ones, and you, this is kind of a constant theme for this podcast, probably. My band, Peregrine, I have a death metal band uh, that's, you know, it's basically exactly what you would think would happen if a bunch of crusties who were listening to His Heroes Gone uh, started playing death metal, or were playing death metal. And I mean, I've been into metal longer than I've been into punk. Um, I do love death metal. Uh, I kind of ended up more in the punk world just because of the politics of it. Uh, Profane Existence was like a huge influence on me uh, throughout the 90s and being involved with a lot of protests, a lot of different anarchist magazines and all this other stuff. was like where the politics really were was where I tended to be. And there's a lot of snobbiness in some of those scenes. I've been really into grindcore for a very long time. Um, But, you know, there was even things like uh, Napalm, Death, and Carcass, have always been very foundational bands for me, and you can be kind of like snobby about um, all different kinds of aspects of that. Uh, but, you know, punk was relatively safe for the most part. I mean, the problem is is that really the things that you've seen happen in society, or we've seen happen in society as far as like the Me Too movement um, and like all these different kind of call-outs of misogynist, patriarchal, bullshit fucking asshole men if you've been around punk long enough you're familiar with that that's what that's what's been going on forever in fact a lot of this podcast uh unfortunately but necessarily also has to kind of deal with these different elements and i mean even when you're looking at dystopia who is a band that is i've never heard anything bad about as far as any of that stuff goes but dino did play drums on the first phobia seven inch enslaved which came out on slapham records um and i mean you know it's not knocking dino in any kind of way or anything like that but uh phobia is another band that was really fucking huge for me especially throughout the 90s being very very militantly like um you know in this almost kind of like destroy code 13 way very very militantly anarchist um undeniably but 
uh, Shane, who's their vocalist, has always been their vocalist, and I think Shane and just the guitarist are the only ones that were the original members of the band. Shane's a fucking life beater. Like, Shane at Maryland Death Fest um, had been arrested for beating his partner there. So that shit's, like, known, and Phobia is still a huge name in the punk world, in the grindcore world. Like, nothing really happened from that, but, like, it's, it's fucking everywhere. I mean, patriarchy, as we know, is extremely prevalent. It's a core nature and a core tenet of civilization itself. But the way it propagates itself in these scenes and the way that these scenes, and this is unfortunately going to be a part of this podcast, but these scenes have, like, really had no problem in taking the language of feminism or taking the language of being against militantly against patriarchy, militantly against authority, and replicating all these different aspects of it within itself and then also creating this, like, hero complex where, you know, people are getting away with this shit. And then, like, when you get called out or people get called out, the person who's doing the calling out is typically being the one who's attacked. Uh, And anarchists haven't gotten anywhere as far as, like, believing women, believing, um, you know, lesbian, gay, trans uh, any anywhere on the on the spectrum of of sex and gender, uh, it follows the same kind of like cis white male narratives as far as this is what was said and this person is this person, so we're going to fault on the side of the abuser, which is incredibly fucked up. But we're going to come back to that. I'm also bringing all this up in terms of talking about dystopia, which is not to say that there's anything or that anything I've ever been aware of. As far as dystopia goes, I do love dystopia. I would say that dystopia, his heroes gone from ashes rise are probably the most foundational bands that I've just poured myself into, uh, particularly in like my late teens, uh, as my life was falling apart in a lot of different ways. Uh, I really just grabbed onto this and, and went with it. And, uh, that's, that's the place that they got. So I want to get into that personal side of it a little bit more. I do want to say, obviously, um, I am against misanthropy. Uh, it spoke to my experiences uh, coming from abuse, uh, coming from uh, basically like unrecognized hidden traumas and things that I like really buried within myself, which is a whole other thing. Uh, I can relate to dystopia. I can relate to the misanthropy that they presented. I can relate to that innate core of who they are and what that music represents. Um, I want to talk about that more. I'm probably going to talk about it in another episode. Like, how do we deal with, like, the misanthropy that a lot of the anarcho-punk um, crust kind of stuff has always dealt with and it's really, you know, it's been a huge factor. Um, it's obviously something that can't be missed. Uh, and something that I'd like to discuss more, but I'm not going to do that here on this episode, at least. But uh, so I'm going to tell a little story about it just because somebody asked about dystopia. It's kind of funny. Um, I was doing like web stuff in the late 90s. It was like real basic, like GeoCities, Angel Fire. I was just in touch with a lot of people. I did a distro from like 95 on. So um, I was in contact with a lot of the people who had done distros. Um, I started making zines when I was like 13, so like 1993, and then um, just selling them everywhere and selling them at shows and just getting used to that. I mean, it was really 
a very commonplace thing then, and it remains to certain degrees now, but not quite what it was. Uh, but um, from like 95 on, I started like really getting into it. I was screen printing um, a lot of different band shirts. I was getting in touch with people from that. I, so I was from St. Louis uh, as far as where I, where I grew up. I wasn't born there, but I did live in St. Louis. I was going to shows in Chicago all the time, Detroit fairly often. Indianapolis was like a dead zone to me. There was a lot of like hardcore, a lot of hardline. Uh, even though I was vegan straight edge, I've never been hardline. There are like rumors going around that I've been hardline. Never fucking hardline. Always against hardline. In fact, I don't even really like hardcore, like the machi machi chug chug stuff. It's like chokehold. I like that. I like some um, metalcore, some of the metallic hardcore kind of stuff, especially stuff that was coming out of Germany. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I've never been to hardline, never been to anything like that. I didn't get any around in any of those scenes Detroit had a good bit of it but Detroit also had like a lot of different stuff with different edges and I could talk more about that later not gonna talk about it now but just as far as me where I was at this time uh doing distros at Fest uh Columbus Ohio more of the music fest Detroit fest like all different kinds of stuff uh I was selling a ton of shirts um or a ton of different shirts it wasn't like I was going crazy we weren't wasn't making money off it, that's for sure. But it was really feeding my record collection, making me have a lot of contacts as far as where I was getting music from, where I was finding new stuff from, and just what I was able to get through trades or just doing the distro. Um, I had a fuck ton of records, and um, I was in a shitty, abusive relationship for a very long time. And one of the things that happens in that kind of relationship is... Uh, having the things that you enjoy or the escapes that you have kind of targeted against you. And it came down to like my books or my records and I'm a writer first and foremost. So, you know, my books, but, um, I do miss a lot of my old records and I had some really, really fucking cool ones and a lot of stuff that I'd love to be getting again. Um, and in some ways, you know, it's my shout out. If people have records, they want to trade for books or just, you know, new bands and stuff like that, that would like me to be talking about them or playing the records or anything. By all means, hit me up. I would love to be involved with you, or I'd love to get I'd love to get some records. Um, at some point, maybe I'll post up a list or something, like the old days. Anyways, I was posting up all these websites, and I had at some point made a fan page, which sounds so fucking dorky right now. As I'm saying it, as these words are coming out of my mouth, it sounds fucking stupid. But you know, I mean, like Zine originally comes from fanzine. It's not. It's not abnormal, right? right? This is what happened. Um, I was making a page for Dystopia. I was doing things like tracking down where a lot of their samples came from. And um, if you don't know, if you're really into Dystopia and you're trying to figure out where the samples come from, River's Edge and Hudsucker Proxy. You watch those movies and you're going to be shocked by how much actually came from those. Um, of course, the most classic sample from Breakfast Club. Um, but... Dystopia is a band that loved using samples. A lot of bands did at the time. It was just something that was just like dystopia was absolutely top shelf stuff. So got really into it, was doing that. And um, so what ended up happening is I don't exactly remember the details of it. Um, Chio, who was the drummer of Nuth Crush, I ended up talking to her 
uh, about doing some like web stuff or something like that. It was like I, I forget exactly what it was. I mean, it's, it was a smaller scene back then. You just kind of ran into everybody. I knew a lot of people in a lot of these bands. Um, I still know some to certain degrees, but it just kind of like fell out of touch with a bunch. Uh, Chio ended up getting a hold of me, and I think she was. I can't remember if she was drumming in Medication Time, which was Miles's other band. Um, and they released an LP that was really pretty fucking rad. Uh, it's very, very different than Dystopia in a lot of ways. It's not so much in others. Like, Miles has a very particular sound and, like, his guitar tone and everything. Um, in fact, Dystopia, I think, was one of the first bands I, like, really kind of identified, like, this articulated tone. And then, of course, like, From Ashes Rise, this here is gone. Uh, Misery was another band that Misery, no matter what recording they're doing, like, it has that fucking Misery sound and it sounds cool as shit. Um, but, you know, we don't leave a lot of room in the punk world for talking about guitar tone. I am a guitarist. I'm also a guitar nerd. Um yeah i'm i'm into this stuff also i think i started to mention earlier and got and lost track it's kind of the nature of this thing is a whole non-sequentor uh, a lot of the tracks that could end up being featured on here are band or songs that peregrine are probably going to eventually cover or potentially could cover uh i you know i kind of picked that up and dropped it earlier my apologies but that's where i was going with that thought and that's where i'm going with this other thought is that i think chi was either involved with medication time or there was something with it and somehow I think she got Miles' attention about the page I was doing. And at the time, um, Miles was, like, traveling German or, like, Europe all the time and stuff like that. He ended up reaching out to me. Um, I think that I had been in touch with him about some T-shirts that I was printing. Dystopia. At the time, I was printing probably, like, three or four or five dystopia designs. Um, probably traded some. Pretty common practice at the time. And then at a certain point, he just ended up being, like, hey, can we just call this dystopia page an official page? We don't have one right now. And that became the page. So I ended up actually doing dystopia's webpage for a while. So um, I feel like in some ways it's kind of dirt <laughs> to be one of the predominant voices in the anti-civil world. It's like, oh, hey, what was I doing in the late 90s as I was getting more and more involved with anti-civ stuff? I was also doing web pages for punk bands. Um, but it's just kind of like a funny story. I only ended up seeing him a couple times. Um, I toured with Love Lost, but not Forgotten, who was from St. Louis. Um, grindy kind of screamo stuff. Grindy, like the band is really fucking good. The vocals are unrepentantly like screamo. Uh, they, they have some great stuff. In fact, Matt Prater, who is their drummer, is, in my opinion, one of the greatest drummers that I've ever seen, and I've dealt with some fucking amazing drummers. So, um, yeah, like... They were touring the uh, the East Coast, and I was touring with them. I toured with them a lot. And then I ended up, they played with um, Dystopia and uh, Page 99. I think it was a Black Hat in Baltimore. And I ended up leaving the tour and just following Dystopia for a couple days. I saw them in D.C. and Maryland. Uh, and it was fucking awesome. I mean, it was like a, a cathartic experience for me to be able to see them. And I remember, like, driving back completely deranged. There was, like, a, a lot of road story stuff I could tell. Um, it's not all exciting, but, yeah, you end up in a lot of situations if you're the only one capable of driving in some of those old tour situations or any of these tour situations where you end up being the one who just drives uh, a lot of the drives and you don't sleep very much. So just kind of a funny story about all that. 
Um, good, entertaining, useful. I, I don't know. I don't know where to put any of these things. It's just an old story. But it was cool for me to do that. I don't remember how long it necessarily lasted. Um, I think the actual thing that we had redirects at the time was like lovehate.cjb.net or something like that was the redirect for whatever the page was. Um, so I don't know. But I do love Dystopia. And I do want to get into some of that other stuff. I'm just not going to do it at this moment. So I'm going to take a break after that story and do what's going to be one of my favorite things about this and talk about a band or a record that was completely um, overlooked and something that I found fucking great. And so the band that I do want to play on this particular one is it's because it's all very quick, short stuff and really good. The entire side of the Sync Hell Nation split. It came out on Sound Pollution, I believe. I'm not actually like looking at any of this stuff, so I'm just going to have to go off memory. There's probably chances I'm going to be wrong about some of it. But Sync was from Japan as an all-female band. They fucking crush it. They have this like energy to them that I I love. And it's, you don't see it quite that often. Uh, I was pen pals with Yuki, who is the vocalist. There's two Yukis in the band, I believe. But Yuki, who is the vocalist... Um, I was pen pals with her for quite a while and ended up finding out about a lot of bands in Japan through some tape trading stuff with her uh, early to mid-90s, like quite a long time ago. Um, and she was at the time in a relationship with Ken from Sound Pollution um, and also Hell Nation, which is how I ended up printing uh, those, those shirts you see about, you know, somebody throwing like the swastika in the trash can, like the... Um, little figure and it was throwing emo in the trash can. I ended up printing those shirts for Hell Nation uh, in the midst of the emo grind power violence wars of the mid to late 90s. Some of the other ridiculous shit that was going on. Um, so I was talking to him a bit, uh, but I was talking to Yuki before that. And uh, Yuki ended up going from Sync, which they didn't release much. There's a 7-inch, the split 7-inch, and I think a couple comp tracks and then afterwards, she started another band called Mass Genocide. Um, as far as I know, I think Mass Genocide only put out like a 7-inch. Uh, but that was also really fucking good. But probably one of my all-time favorite vocalists. And I think that this record just fucking hits with a, a degree and intensity that you rarely see in a lot of bands, despite what all this is. So... Here is the sync side of the Split with Hell Nation. Yeah! 
album came out in 1997 and the songs are sick waste religion and life and i also gotta say the thing that fucking sucks right now is the cost of seven inches is insurmountable unless you're doing it as like an art project and that's a horrible wretched thing for the punk world because the seven inch was really the ultimate way to be a a band that was like probably just throwing things together and able to really like pull out their best stuff and make a really fucking awesome seven inch, just, you know, seven to 15 minutes of music that was going to be absolutely amazing and top notch. Uh, which is also a crazy thing to do because, you know, recording seven inches could be hard as far as like coming up with the money or coming up with the funds or anything like that tracking anybody who's being able and willing to record you know seven to 20 minutes or seven to 15 minutes of music um it can be pretty hard at the time a lot of it don't have great recordings but they have a lot of energy uh but some of like the albums that i think are fucking perfect are seven inches and we'll get to more that more into some other episodes and i'll talk some more about some other seven inches that i think are amazing um like lately the Born Against 7-inch, the self-titled. Oh, I fucking love that record. I could, I would love to do more. In fact, I'm putting it out there to the world. If people have Born Against stories, they should send them to me. Um, or if people want to talk about Born Against, um, I'd love to do that more. I mean, Born Against is one of my favorite bands as well. But, like, the Born Against 7-inch is fucking... The self-titled one is fucking amazing. Um, and... Uh, Dirt really fucking nailed some seven inches. Uh, there's some other bands that just came out and just only did a, a, a seven inch. In fact, I'm going to play some more from one. Um, I was thinking about this one last night, so I'm going to go to put it out there. Just like a little known or it didn't. It was it was accessible and available at the time. I don't know if it's past the standards of time as well. But uh, like the Bombs of Death, Akron split seven inch. The Bombs of Death side was... Um, Guitarist from ASOC, I'm forgetting his name, 
uh, Max from Spaz and a ton of other bands. Um, and then I think the vocal was, was from Struggle. Yes, I cheated and I looked. This came out on No Ideas Records in 1997. It was Dylan from Struggle, who's the vocalist. And um, Steve is a guitarist from ASUK. And uh, yeah, the Acrid side of it is really good. In fact, Acrid, like at some point I'll probably do. I want to do my 10 worst blast beats in punk and crust. And um, there was one of the earlier Acrid albums where like the bass drum was non-existent in the blast beats. It would be like, uh, this is probably going to be sounding really annoying. With, let me see if I can do it. Like, so like uh, snare and hi-hat like with the bass drum like. It's kind of a thing, but not really. It like wasn't even, it was just so inconsistent. It was one of the worst blast beats ever. But the blast beats on this side of the record are actually really good. On the acrid side of this record, I should say. Uh, Bombs of Death was like the epitome of like, let's just make this fucking thing. Um, it seems like uh, Steve probably just had a bunch of riffs that he had been listening to a ton of thrash and a lot of Slayer, and they just threw it behind. Um, it was kind of funny to me, Max, in the liner notes for, um, I think it was the discography talking about the early Spaz stuff. I remember he's like, it's something that stuck out to me. I have no idea why any of this stuff sticks out. This is like a ridiculous thing I read so long ago. And it's still in my mind, Max heckling his drum rolls and the early spaz stuff. And like, either it was just a matter of, we're going to record this as fast as possible. Or like, Steve had these riffs and we're just going to do all this shit around it. Uh, the drums in the entire split seven inch are so straightforward. They do exactly what they have to and literally nothing else. There's, I'm not even sure that there is a, a drum or anything. There's like one, like at least one accentuation. But at the same time, like as an art form, as a split seven inch, you know, if you think about it, like an entire seven inch, would it be something that I'd be as enthusiastic about? It's like, it'd be pretty formulaic, but as a split seven inch, it's pretty fucking cool. It's cool enough that in 1997, this thing came out. And I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of records I was getting around 97. It was a very big time uh, in in the scene and in the music world. And um, of all that shit, it stood out to me. And it's something that, that I still remember. So I'm going to go ahead and throw one of those tracks in here real quick.
So that was the track Germination from that split seven inch. Um, yeah, again, it's just like fun stuff. Also, this is one thing I want to do with this podcast and be able to talk shit and also just throw shit at you that uh, you may not have heard and I just think is fucking cool. So uh, as far as the the future of this podcast, this is something that I'd like to do. I'll probably end up having a lot more episodes where I'm just talking shit and not intermixing music as much. But just to get things started, I'm just going to throw some shit in there because fuck it. I can. What are you going to do about it? Hopefully enjoy it. So here it goes again. Uh, I talked about Born Against. Talked about that Born Against self-titled 7-inch. Uh, I'm going to throw in what I think is my favorite track off that 7-inch right now. That is always going to be subject to change. Because I'm a human being. My opinions matter. My moods change. It's just something that happens. Anyways, here's Half Mast from that Born Against 7-inch. Because it fucking rules. Face the flag of stars and fires of red and white and blue. A flag that guarantees the rights for men like me and you. Face the flag, son. Read what's written there history, the progress, the heritage we share. Our flag reflects the past. So uh, I have a proclivity for talking long times and having very long podcasts, but I'm trying this out. This is my first episode with this podcast, and I'm feeling it out. I'm also using new software for the first time, so uh, I am going to go ahead and finish this episode up now and uh, see how it goes for future episodes. Uh, But I am welcoming any feedback. And also I want to say that despite the fact that this podcast is about the 90s and 2000s, 
uh, and I am a bit of a curmudgeon. I'm not necessarily nostalgic. I don't have any feelings about all the best music being behind us or anything like that. And in fact, I'm very uh, happy to have this be an outlet for me to kind of put it out there that I would like to hear about new bands. And some might say in low-key ways, this is a great way for me to try and get new uh, records. So uh, if you have a band and you want me to check it out, you want to be on the podcast, you can send me Bandcamp links or anything like that. And if you want to send me vinyl, that's really fucking cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that there's always good things that come ahead. And I think there's always new music that comes ahead. I think there's a lot of bands and artists that are done. Um, you know, but I wouldn't want to be one of them. So I'm not going to not gonna go to that route. And also, I'd love to see what happens. And hopefully I can expose some people's new music and it makes them feel a little more vivid. So we'll see where that goes. But... Uh, I don't have a place to put this podcast just yet, so I'm going to be figuring that out. And um, I guess that the easiest way to track where it is, I'll post on Twitter at Gathered Remains. Um, Blackandgreenpress.org is where you can find all my primary projects. KevinTucker.org has a lot of things, but there's a chance as it stands right now, I will possibly lose the domain, hopefully not. Um, I can always use donations, contributions. Blackandgreenpress.org has a bunch of different ways. I have a Patreon. Uh, it's all linked on blackandgreenpress.org. You can buy my books and all that stuff definitely helps a lot. So, um, yeah, I, you can email me, feraledge, F-E-R-A-L-E-D-G-E at gmail.com. Uh, and I'll probably be figuring out some other places Um to to post up a I guess it's appropriate for these old dogs to have my dog standing behind me whining uh, as I finish this out here uh, but I just found out about this band consumerist yesterday and or today actually um, and I downloaded them they have an EP out called uh, well it's just self-titled and uh, consumerist at bank or consumerist.bandcamp.com really cool i was very excited to have somebody reach out and say like hey check my band out and this is 100 down my or up my alley uh they've got an lp in the works right now that they said they're in the uh, they're in the process of mixing mastering and finishing up all the artwork so uh in the spirit of moving forward in the spirit of trying to influence and get new things going i'm going to close this out with consumerists where ambition rots so yeah, contact me, let me know what you think of the podcast and uh, all that other stuff. And check out my other projects, all blackandgreenpress.org and all the other places I said to check them out. So, um, yeah, see you next time. <laughs>